So today we're going to go through episode two of The Rings of Power uh, Adrift, yeah. right? Adrift. <laughs> kind of feels like that's what's happening I mean, right now. It's a well-named episode. It's that's what it feels it feels like the story's doing already. So, so we're going to we're going to go through this and we're going to take an approach where we kind of go through the four main storylines to kind of talk about each one rather than go through uh, you know, shot by shot, scene by scene in here. Kind of gives us a, a direction for each one and maybe a closing statement. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is flying by the seat of our pants. We're just having a good time here. Uh, so we're going to talk about Galadriel and and the the worm and uh, who is uh, Halbro, our favorite character. Uh, then we'll go through, through Erendir and Bronwyn and uh, the the Tremors episode with the stuff underneath coming up from underground. And then we'll go through uh, uh, Poppy and um, I still forget Weedy. No Nori. <laughs> I totally forgot again. I can't believe that Nori and Meteor Man. And then uh, Elrond and Kelbrimbor and the dwarves. Kind of Elrond's Elrond's uh, his journeys through middle earth or his his overnight overday his hill over to Kaza doom from Aragion. anyway so um we're gonna start with uh with galadriel because she's stuck out in the middle of the ocean in the far west because that's where she jumped off ship right before valinor so she's somewhere in the far west let's remember that she is somewhere in the far west which is very, where, very far west. Very, very far. Obviously, where all the Corsairs go. No. <laughs> so, but, uh, but Dan, we didn't have you in the last one, and I know we've oh, already man. talked a little bit about this, but yeah, you, you give, get us started here. Okay, so Galadriel, they, they, they completely ruined her character arc, her entire character arc that we know in Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's writings in the very first episode. So when I saw the first episode, I knew, like, okay, this, this is where the show's going to go. Because like a, there's a really good thread on Twitter um, where he basically lines lays out like she was completely banned from Valinor. There was no way for her to even have the option to go back. And so all of her struggling and all of her longing and, and her fading in Middle Earth was all because she couldn't go back to Valinor. And so in the first episode, they just put her on a boat and send her back like she could. Right. Um, and then so, yeah, so then this episode starts with her just jumping off. So it becomes her choice to stay like she's she, so, okay. So it's all about her wanting to stay in middle earth. And then she just jumps off into the middle of an ocean. Like where, <laughs> how far, how far offshore is she? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, let's remember, uh, Ulmo had to tow people with using on an Island and that took weeks. I can't remember now, but it, it was not a short trip, even with the, uh, towing Island across the ocean. And that was before Valerian fell into yeah. the sea too. So, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know how long, Michael, if we had to give it a, I don't know, I don't, where's, where's my, where's my copy of the, wait a minute. <laughs> Is the question, how, how long would it take or what, what are we saying? Well, I'm just right. wondering, like, so she's jumping off this boat into this ocean. Yeah. It, it, it's like, there's no. So the problem is there's the, we don't have a reference to where in the Sundry Sea. Look, the, yeah, the but entrance, except, the well, shadowy, you talked about the shadowy seas. Are, are, are you talking about that? The distance from, from the coast to the shadowy seas? Yeah, from, well, I mean, yeah. there, there, she is, to me, it looks like she's at the gates of Valinor, right? I mean, in the sense, like, it's not, I guess maybe you could say that's the opening of the Western Passage, so to speak, that they're doing there. But to me, it seems like she's way out there. I, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but that certainly doesn't seem like, 
like a short distance from from the shore. I mean, she she has to be jumping off in the hopes that somehow, some way, she'll be rescued because she knows it's a death sentence if she can't. If it's not. at least it's at least three to four hundred miles. So so we're talking about it could be as far as like Europe to the coast of America. Um, yeah. So so yeah. basically, she's swim, like you know roughly she's just jumping off to swim the Atlantic, I guess. Um, <laughs> apparently, there's no there are no storms in the in in the sundering seas, despite the name. And so there's there there I, I just it's it's one of many. I agree with you 100 percent, Dan. It's one of many elements wherein there, there's kind of two sides. And Jonathan and I were talking about it in the in the first episode as you know. Let's talk about what there is or is not. Tolkien, uh, in, in where where Tolkien exists or doesn't exist in these in these uh, this production, and then let's just look at the production from a storytelling yeah. perspective by itself. From a Tolkien perspective, it breaks everything. I mean, like there there isn't almost a single person or event that this this show touches that isn't broken in from right. a Tolkien perspective. From a storytelling now, but now we're just talking about storytelling now, just from a storytelling yeah. perspective, like. She's going to jump off and swim the Atlantic? Really? Like, I mean, you're an elf. I get it. I mean, it, look, but... it was nighttime. She was swimming. And now it's like daytime. And she's still swimming. It's, it's. I, mean, I guess she's elven. And, and, so and she's an elf. Magical. So she can swim farther than a human. But it beggars belief to say that, like, this is a realistic thing where I'm just going to go off and, 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 and swim the Atlantic. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, it, it's just silly. Bringing in another point of distance, right? We, we, which we'll get to in a little bit too, is is the whole distance issue with Celebrimbor and Elrond going from Aragion to Khazad-dûm in an afternoon stroll. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Tolkien took time worrying about distances and time, and it's not exactly perfect, but he actually made sure that it made sense in some way. When right, was... the fact that he took so much time yes. shows you that that it's something of concern, and it should be. It's just like all these other little little jots and tittles that we keep talking about, where it all adds up. Are you going to be told a story which draws you in because it's so realistic and believable, despite the fact that it's a fantasy world? Or yeah. are you just going to be told a story where a ton of stuff just makes no sense whatsoever and we don't care because dragons? Um, yeah. I'm sorry, that's 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 a different TV show. Um, so so there's, I mean, there there's just there just doesn't seem to be almost any regard for good storytelling. I I, I don't know what to make of it. So, Dan, I mean, you haven't read uh, as much on Gladriel as we have, although we, we'll get to her somewhat in, in the Silmarillion in, our, in the Window on the West podcast. When it comes to, to her as a character, because Michael and I talked a bit about how one-dimensional she is. Do you have, like, yeah. what was your take on her now that you've seen a couple of episodes, uh, well, other than they ruined her character arc? But well, if yeah, you... it's, it's, it's everything we were kind of speculating about, that the only way they can make her into a strong character is to turn her into the most powerful warrior in Middle-earth, uh, more powerful than Aragorn and Boromir, because it took two of them plus the rest of the Fellowship to defeat a troll. They just launch her off a sword, and she kills the troll easily with no, with no struggles. So they, yeah, yeah. They, tur they turned her into a Mary Sue character that she's very one-dimensional. It's all, like you were saying, it's all vengeance. It's all... All she cares about is getting Sauron, and yeah. uh, so it, it's not—it's not interesting to me. It's just like I don't, <laughs> as as a as a character arc so far, it's just very flat. Yeah, right. And and to, since we're on Galadriel, I will say one thing: like my wife has not watched even the first episode. She tried literally three times to watch episode <laughs> one, and 
and she hated Galadriel so much <laughs> that that she she stopped and she refuses to watch oh, any more of the show because she and as she pointed out, I mean we've we've said it, other people online have said it, but you know she's she looks at Galadriel's interactions with everybody, starting with the people she's supposed she's supposed to be commander of the Northern Army. She's supposed to be leading this sort of band of brothers, this these elite elven warriors going into the north. And yes, there's a tension where they don't want to keep going. They've obviously been going for a long time, so that's fine. There's nothing wrong with there being that tension. But she's there's nothing likable about her. She is not a right. leader of elves. There's right. there, there's no there, I mean everything is just nasty and hard-edged and then there's all the real the unrealistic like a uh, fight scene crap yeah. you talked about dan and yeah. it's just you, it, and he, it, even here you would think that you know she being a leader of people she would understand how to perhaps relate a little bit and or try to, how about or try? try and and not give them this look this is the same look <laughs> we've been getting from galadriel since since the very first time we met her, which I, is like I, a, I wish I, I was a software developer so I could write an AI program to analyze this look and find the same look facial recognition. Yeah. How many times does this look appear yeah, in each episode? Same. Because I'm I like, guarantee you, it will be many, many, many like, times. Because this is the only thing she does. This is the uh, this is the I'm fine look. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> really oh my fine. gosh! You wouldn't think she'd be like, okay, I got to get these people to let me on their boat. I'm going to do what I need to do to say what I need to say, at least to get them on my side in some way. But she does nothing. She's she's, yeah. she's just sort of just a hard edge every single time. There's nothing about her that. Do they not understand, Jonathan? How how much she's hurt in her heart from her brother? I mean, like, don't they get it? <laughs> Doesn't everyone understand how she has a right to be angry with the world? Well, this is just... the one. The one guy who understands in the end is Halbrand. Halbro. Halbrand. Halbro, That's right. Halbro's who like... we're all very confident is Sauron. He's definitely not Sauron. No, no. he's not. What? To oh. Totally, totally not Sauron. So um, yeah, I the, so so this whole scene with the worm and with them recovering the the serendipity of that is a little bit too much for me to take. I don't enjoy like complete and utter oh i stumbled across this like in a mystery right when they stumble across a clue that has no bearing on them actually like doing something important to the storyline it's just it just happens same sort of thing here so so let's see her plot was to go or or sauron's plot if this is indeed his plot in order to get to numenor his plot was to get gladriel to go to valinor to jump off the ship and then he's gonna be in a shipwreck and then he's gonna split the shipwreck apart so that he can be on a raft with Galadriel and then they get the new, so, like, what's the, I don't, where this is going to go. I could be completely wrong, but where this he is going to go. He, he better not be Sauron because if he is, it's going to be as stupid as you said. Now, if it turns out that Hal Bro is not Sauron and he's just some other original character, um, then that's, that's, then, you know, okay, fine. But, but there's, you know, what, what's interesting too geographically is it doesn't work like, so he's supposed to, his, his lands are supposed to be in the south, what we would now call Mordor or Harad or something like that. That's where yeah. he comes from, apparently. Like, where he would, what he would have to do to get to this place in the Sundering Seas um, on the ship is, I mean, okay, I guess you could come up with something. It just reminds me of everything else that's jarring. Whenever there's something jarring and yeah. doesn't make sense, you know for sure. I already know. After two episodes, I know. What I can guarantee you more than anything else is nobody will ever have a good reason for it. Like, there's just so many elements that are really hard to believe. And then and, and, you, and part of you is like, well, maybe if, come on, give me a reason, man. Oh, All yeah, right. there we go. So, so there you go. So there's a little bit of a map. We can see down 
down over here down over here that's that's where the corsairs are from right way down mm -hmm. over here and galadriel she would be going way oops sorry it's backwards for me way over here too right there you can see those little bits of islands that's where she's headed and to have uh halbrand and the corsairs because you know that's what they mention here in a minute to be way over way over here doesn't make any sense that's that's driving me bananas with this this is the time frame right you, you can't make everything everything uh easy for yourself you, if there's if there's a distance to be traveled figure it out in a logical good way what makes sense don't like just pretend that people are stupid and they're not going to understand that this doesn't make any sense right because what we're about to talk about you know uh, briefly anyway with elrond and celebrimbor that we mentioned it already the distance they travel from yeah. uh, the cap probably the capital property prob it's probably ost in in a field um in the capital of Oregon. um but the distance they travel on the map you just held up jonathan is like two yeah. fingers widths okay if you put your fingers up to the page maybe one uh, fingers width and that's like that's that's 100 leagues 150 leagues that's a day a journey of many days Let's on see. foot on foot her distance from... that she that she's swimming is like swimming across middle earth okay yeah so she's swimming across middle earth yeah, we're probably uh, we're probably talking 150 miles is what Celebrimbor and, and Elrond go. Okay, about. there you go. 150 miles yeah. and 150 leagues. Okay, so based on this. so so the distance, like like put your fingers from. <laughs> well, so here, look. The, this is this is Havens. 500 miles right there. That's how far 500 miles is. So we're <laughs> yeah. talking like 2,000 miles between 1,500. Yeah, so and 2, so it is the miles. Atlantic. So she's literally yeah. swimming the Atlantic. Um, yeah. yeah. So, jumping off. So this, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a good plan. Of, it's a good plan. All right, we've really beat this thing to death. Obviously, right, this is right. a problem. Well, so so here, see, so they've got the big giant worm, which I'm sad they really never showed us. But you know, sometimes uh, discretion is the better part of valor. I don't know. Um, there you go. It's big. It's bad. It's 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 fine. You can have that in here. I'm not a big. It's not a problem for me. Well, okay. So anyway, this is going so they... to be one of my favorite returning themes. By the way, not the not the fish. But the but the fact that every time there's groups of humans, it's always dirty human bigot group number one, and then we have dirty human bigot group number two with with yeah. Bronwyn and 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 Arondir, yeah. uh, and it's like whenever you get a bunch of humans together, they're all a bunch of bigots. they're all bigots, yeah, so, and that's why yeah. they need to be policed it's by great. the elves. Um, so anyway, so that's them, and then and then uh, later down the road, uh, it happens. Let's see, Halbrand has to. Let's see if we go further. Where is it over here somewhere? Halbrand has to save her. Right, they have a conversation about uh, this. There's obviously some <clears throat> tension in this episode. Totally non-sexual tension. Non-sexual. Not. No, they're completely 100% uh, platonic here. Uh, and uh, and so they have that. They they meet up with a storm. They've got the best raft ever in the history of the universe because they're able. To, to weather a a storm on a it's a it's a piece of a raft by the way it's a piece so it's not yeah know. no it's on on flotsam and jetsam here sitting right. across yeah. the, that they that they bound together with some random ropes and then she's like i'm gonna go down with the ship she's gonna play the part of uh, oh gosh the sirens Captain? who is it odysseus tying himself to the mast oh, <laughs> right, right. So, so, oh, that way wait but wait that would make Halbro the sirens. That's uh, there you go. Maybe that's what they were thinking. <laughs> this is the extent of the writer's uh, knowledge of ancient literature. Uh, so yeah. anyway, so I don't know this whole this whole part. I, it's just so ridiculous that um, get to the point, and then he has to save her. 
I'm sure. Th- at what point? At what point do we talk about that the stones look down and the ships look up and you got to touch the dark to see the light? She's is that touching in the darkness, Jonathan. She's touching <laughs> the darkness. She is touching. He is the darkness, and then he. Oh um, well, yeah. Well, she just reached for anyway. The right it's there. yeah. Takes him a while to figure out uh, to grab that. So anyway, so they got this whole scene where he saves her. Blah blah blah. I'm sure this is meant to be like he's going to betray her or she's going to fall in love with him. He's going to betray her, and that makes her even angrier down the road, right? I don't know. It's um, yeah. once you can see all these I'm things not sure coming, that she can get angrier. <laughs> she can get. So he saves her, and they're still on there. Yeah. And then by the end, so there they get saved by Isildur. Is what it looks like, um, and uh, some Numenorians, if it's not uh, the uh, <clears throat> the faithful. So anyway, okay, yeah, Galadriel. Yeah, let's move on. That's my let's least favorite of the four. So let's lines. let's take then let's go back all the way to Bronwyn. And Erendir, where we are, we are, we are, we are told that they love each other very much. <laughs> so we are told, right? I, I, we are given the reason that for Arondir's attraction, apparently, because he says it in one line. He says something like that Sh- Bronwyn was the only kindness he ever found in all the years that he'd been spent with the humans. Hmm. So. She was only the only kind voice, or the only kind something something like that. Um, so he gives his reason. We're basically like you get the you get the feeling like he was he's on this horrible Roman legion tour where he's stuck with the barbarians, and you know he's been there for so yeah, many years. He's finally found his uh, love in a Germanic woman, right? Because it was the one person that didn't like kick him in the shins every time he walked by so, so he fell <laughs> he fell in love with her i guess Jeez. i mean that's come on a... look at the look at the men of that of, of bronwyn's village that's yeah, that's that's a good point yeah 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 they're just hygiene is not their strong suit either and, he, and bigotry they're they're yeah. their their defining factors are dirt and bigotry <laughs> so they do they find this this totally ransacked and well not ransacked but destroyed burnt down village I don't remember exactly where, somewhere south or something like that of them. And uh, they see that there's, oh, look, they've been building tunnels, east. like I said. It's they, east. It's east, okay. Where the tremors of uh, hmm. of the orcs, uh, that's what it reminded me of, yep. um, come through and they dig underneath. And then we learn later that, okay, she's got to run back and uh, and tell the rest of them. And then, of course, the trope of nobody believes you. I'm mm-hmm. bearing all these ill tidings and I'm just here to lie about it. I just, the whole, that happens so often in this show that I couldn't <laughs> really stand how often. Yeah. Oh, but you, you skipped over that. the best, just another great example of wonderful um, writing. I skipped over it. Arondir and Bronwyn, when they, they're at the tunnel and, and, and Bronwyn oh, says, of course. you don't want, but you don't even know what's down there. Here. And Arondir says, <laughs> that is the reason I must go. <laughs> And my, I just, I, I think I was actually holding my face at that moment. In the, uh, holy crap! Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Here is we go. Let's, it? It is let's, truly let's a seventh grader that writes right, these let's... lines. Oh boy! This was no ground shake. Someone dug this passage. I like how they call an earthquake a ground shake too. Did not do this. Go, but warn your Somebody people. dug this. You're not coming with me. <laughs> you must follow the passage the other direction. You don't know what's down there. Right, that is the reason I must go. And there it is. That is why I must that go. Is, that is why I must go. All right. All right. I mean, he could have said, I must find the orcs and I must find why they are here. But uh, like, give exactly. Them. You could do like the like one logical step that human minds make in those situations. Like clearly there was an enemy that came from the ground. And te- so he could have talked about how he had to go down and find out who had attacked and or, yeah. you know, 
go back to the source, trace them back to the source. Obviously, it's going to be orcs. Probably it means an elf. He knows he knows it's going to be orcs. That is my anyway. So moving on, it goes yeah. it goes to the so the scene uh, just because we're skipping we're keeping to this thread. So the, so the fight in the in although there are some silly elements from a shaky cam perspective um, on on this on this scene, it is actually one of my favorite scenes of all you know the things I don't like in this. Um, in the series so far, I thought like the whole terror at a single orc thing. Um, yeah. it, I think it was pretty well. I, I liked it. I I liked the whole scary orcs. You know, a single orc that's a scary orc, and then you know like how much trouble it is just to kill one orc. I thought it did justice to the idea of orcs. Yeah, the orc looked good. The orc looked good. The whole idea that he was hearing mice the entire time. <laughs> the, the, right. the orcs were the mice. I'm not sure how believable that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, the orc, the whole orc fight was good. It was well done. Um, he's, I mean, he's right. He's, he's a badass. He can, he can take all the licks and he can keep on going until they, they, uh, skewer him. And, and then again, sorry, the strong female warrior, she goes in and she, they get him. He heads right? him, yes, yes. And then there, she's the one that comes back with the orc head because they didn't believe him. And again, we still haven't seen a male fight in this entire show yet because it does men don't fight anymore. Mm-hmm. They die. They learned. We've, we've watched the elves die. get de- beat up by um, male elves get beat up by a troll. So there's that <laughs> by a snow troll. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know this whole this whole scene uh, of them. Right. Again, their relationship is unbelievable. But uh, at least it's moving the whole orc story forward, and the bad guys are coming. There's that because the rest of it isn't really. The rest of the show isn't really good point. I mean, good point, Jonathan. It, it, at least we're getting some kind of story, some kind of. Um, you know, enemy and right. there's something yeah. moving the plot instead of us yeah. just wallowing yeah. or in just bitter believing the that they're going to keep telling us that something's moving the plot because that's right. all they yeah. seem to do. Yeah, because up until now, the only enemy has been bigotry and not believing all women. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now you that's finally right. now you that's finally right. have an orc right. to fight. It's we great. had to send Galadriel away because she was causing too much trouble. That was the real yeah. problem. Yeah. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> that was the that whole like so much for being the king of the elves. All right. <laughs> All right so well, let's move on. So the next next our, plot line. Next plot line is uh back to the uh Poppy and uh Weedy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't Nori, <laughs> Nori and uh and the Meteor Man, which okay, so this is an aside. This struck me the other day, but um because of how what he looks like and how he speaks like it just reminds me of Encino Man, the old Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. classic. Which movie is from that is what I'm now calling him. I, Encino, Encino Man. Now be, look, we haven't been told <laughs> who he is yet. So uh, there, he's Encino Man. Like, there's no reason yeah. not to be from not. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. He could be. Probably, so this storyline yeah, to me right feels like it's like it, it, they're just trying to inject more fantasy stuff. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's like let's let's do some shock, some, well, some it's, cool magic y stuff. It's their own inability to uh, see Middle Earth without hobbits or a wizard. Mm-hmm. When, if That's you've read true. the Silmarillion and gone through Unfinished Tales and every, all the other stuff, you realize how much more there is to Middle Earth than hobbits and wizards. In fact, ninety-eight point seven percent of it is not hobbits and not wizards. So, uh, at least, and they're, and, you know. and they're not adding anything to this show. Not yet, no, no. I mean, no. Any every Comic scene with relief. the every, yeah, every scene with the Hardfoots, I'm like, this didn't do anything. It didn't advance anything. There's no reason for it. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't care about any of these characters. All, all of these hobbits do is bicker with each other over nothing. 
they're, they're arguing about we need to move the camp or not. It's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> right, right. You haven't shown us why you need to even move, right? Yeah. It's like, we're out of food. We've got to move. Is, is he ready for the migration after he twists his leg? This is the funny part. So this part right here. So this is what makes me think he's more Gandalf than anything else. And um, if we look at this whole scene, right, when, when uh, Poppy comes, he's putting together some sort of constellation as we find out later. But anyway, the scene is like Gandalf in Bag End in Peter Jackson's where he goes, I'm not trying to steal from you. Yeah, that's I'm right. Not Thank you. trying yes. to rob you. Yes, Bobby that's right. Yeah. And he's like, Whoa, and the, the shadows grow deep I'm and everything gets darker. Right. And they had that here too. And it's just, it's like, okay, so you are trying to be at least a wizard. Like, I don't think some people think like he could be a Balrog is what I heard. Uh, I have no um, idea where that would be coming from. That's just dumb. Because Balrogs, Balrogs from the beginning when Morgoth crept no, but no one, like, no one with any sense thinks that. Like Balrogs are locked in their form. Their Maya are locked yeah. in their form. They can't. Yeah, they, so it's not a Balrog. That it's would be just, incredibly stupid. That's, so. that's just stupid. Anyway, uh, and so then, right? They they do stuff. So, blah, so this blah, thing blah. here, this whole foot twisting thing, this to me is emblematic of the larger problem. They're telling all these little stories, mm -hmm. and and stuff in the Second Age, Tolkien it should be sweeping, epic. There's epic stuff going on. And right now we're getting an episode about how Nori is off doing something else. And if she was here, her dad wouldn't have broken his ankle. That that's that's like the big thing that happens. It's like, oh yay. Well, who cares? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know. I know. I know. That's right. That's was... the, that's that is the correct answer, Dan. Yeah. Well, who yeah. cares? The answer <laughs> right. is nobody. And right. and I have a hard time believing even the showrunners care that much. It's just like uh, the hobbits, the I mean they're hobbits. I don't I'm not going to use the stupid, they're not hobbits, Harfoots. they're Harfoots. Yeah, they're because hobbits. As Tolkien says clearly, Harfoots are hobbits. hobbits. So these are hobbits. So they're hobbits well before their time. And they're, my wife, um, again, back to her, she didn't make it through the first episode, but she did see a scene with the, the hobbits and she hated them. She said, there's nothing likable. They're dirty. They they, yeah. they stick things in their hair. Random. She, she said, this is... Um, there's nothing likable about these characters. And, yeah. and I, I think that pretty much holds true for almost everybody in this show so far. There's Durin. Durin is somewhat likable. Yeah. That's it. Well, so let's, so let's close the, the storyline up with these, uh, these hobbits, which is the whole idea that um, Gandalf and Sino man uh, is looking for some sort of stars, some constellation. So at the end, they come to him, they carry their, their, their their uh, Maglite 3000 fireflies and their lanterns because these are the brightest fireflies. Okay, I have caught fireflies with my kids. In fact, this year we probably had like a couple dozen in one jar. And you know how hard it is to get them light up? You have to kind of like go and like scare the out of them in order to get them to light up. And then it's random. But and then they have, die. It, sorry, I was, it's one of those little things again. I'm like, really, fireflies? Could we just at least believe mm. they have fire? Like, they're not even invented fire yet. Is that why they eat snails and blackberries? Maybe I guess that's the only thing I can think of. Anyway, also, also, yeah, these fireflies. They there there have to be um, like ten thousand fireflies in that lantern to make it light up as much as it does. Are you saying given... that you got hugs from ten thousand fireflies? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So, so apparently he needs the fireflies. He makes them shakey shake shake, and uh, they fall down. They go up in the air, and he creates constellations out of them. 
it's, don't give us any reason why yet. So why, like, we don't understand why we why we care about these constellations. What is he trying to do? Like, there's no hint. It's all very much a flat pattern moving forward without any real anticipation of a payoff yet. Here we go. He sets the fireflies up in the air. They look. She realizes it's a constellation. Oh my goodness! And then the fireflies all die. So he says one thing um, before this. He said he he keeps saying Ure. over and over. Mana, 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 mana ure, yeah. mana ure, which which I guess means what is fire? What is fire, or heat of fire, or hand of fire, or something like that? And so, well, mana, yeah, I guess it depends on whether mana is a a verb or or the um, interrogative. So it could be yeah. either. So um, since we don't have accent marks in speech, we can't tell which one. So so yeah, hand of fire. But what or so, he's asking a question about fire. Yeah. Or he's making a statement about fire. Yeah, or looking looking for something, and he needs to do that. And so here, look, oh boy, the firefly perishes, and she's distraught. She cries for the firefly. <clears throat> Why is she crying about dead fireflies? The, 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 look, hold on, hold on, hold on. They eat snails, and she's crying about they dead fireflies. They eat snails, <laughs> and they know that fireflies died because those fireflies that were in your jar, Jonathan, I bet you they were dead in five minutes or ten <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah, kids are like, they do I know, it all right. the time. So why would a oh, hobbit man. be crying, crying about, about dead fireflies? They use them in lanterns. lanterns. They, they have to be they, dead they, by the morning. They're, the, Every they're night like the orcs, they kill right? 10,000 fireflies for their lantern, which are dead by the morning. There's one interesting um, theory that I've seen online about, about the constellations where they don't recognize the constellations. Yeah. Either it's going to be like, now we have to go look in um, random African-American hobbits book um, in in order to find out the constellations or it's going to be these constellations are strange which there is one reference to strange constellations aragorn says it in the lord of the rings he talks about the constellations of the east he says where the stars are strange oh, and so okay. so so if if that's the case that's why some people are saying this is probably this might be alatar or palando or the other one of the other two eastern Blue wizards Blue that we never yeah. get or um we never bet, we never i mean meet. i would be more open to that than gandalf Please don't make a Gandalf. Mm. Please don't make it's a Gandalf. It's going to be Gandalf. All right. Well, let's move on then from this uh, amazing tale of Encino Man to uh, the other amazing tale of, of Elrond. To the least, the least worst of the four four um, plot lines. All right. We're here. They are in Eregion, which this is awesome. Um, so this is this is probably Austin Ithiel, the capital. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say Austin Ithiel, but I think it is. So so here we have the discussion. Finally, we bring they bring up something that has to do with um, uh, that was actually in Tolkien, <laughs> and then they ruin it <laughs> because they bring up Fëanor. So this is supposed to be Fëanor's hammer here, um, Fëanor, the greatest of the Elven smiths, and they claim the claim is here that I mean this has got nothing to do. Uh, this is just a um, a defensible, uh, you know, state uh, idea of, in a in a in this kind of a show where you could say, look, Fanor used something to craft the Silmarils. May as well have been a hammer because Silmarils are crafted from something. He had to change gemstones or rock, so you know, probably a hammer might be appropriate. And so now, what if that hammer survived? So not unbelievable. Like, no, that's fine. Happen. I'm yeah. fine with it. And and so that's cool. And then Fionor, and then we get this this uh, two problems with Fionor. One is that apparently all they have is a fondness for Fionor. You know, you know, the elf that was responsible for the downfall of their entire race with his hubris and pride. Yeah. So 
so they're all they're all um, soppy about how wonderful yeah. Theodore was. Um, and then we have the story about Morgoth. It was only after one of his tears yeah. fell upon the jewels and he was <laughs> faced okay. with the evil. So they're trying to get across the idea that elves love beauty and this is such a, the, the symbols were, and they were, they were in yeah. fact the most beautiful thing. So in an effort to get across how beautiful the Silmarils were, they make up a completely unbelievable story about Morgoth. About Morgoth crying. And yes, crying is a thing, crying, just like Star Trek Discovery. Because of beauty. Where because we are explicitly told that Morgoth lusted after the gems and hated them. Lusted after them and hated them at the same time because of yeah. their, he hated them because of who they came from, because he hated the elves, and he lusted after them because of their beauty. That's not a crying moment. There's nothing yeah. crying about it. That's all baloney. And um, so anyway, but but I understand. Well, the, the, the notion that Morgoth shed a tear for the Silmarils and his reflection it is what broke him out of his stupor of lust for that love for them sorry not lust because it was a beauty <laughs> yeah I just I mean this is what we just read through and it has there is no it read through in a window of the west our podcast there is no there is no inkling that this actually came up they they literally made this up because they thought it was a good story that they could throw in there about Feanor even though they didn't realize that all of us who've read it would be like what the hell are you talking about there is no shred of evidence in the entire entire Silmarillion or the Legendarium that Morgoth cries for anything, anything. Uh, we we get the whole thing of the hymn like, "Hey, you're going to help me build this grand new, this grand new forge, better than anything because I want to be better than Feanor," which is true. Kelbimbro did like he did want to build something great, so he had yep, some. Yeah. But it has to be done by next spring. By next spring. <laughs> by Why? Because he's an elf. Like, remember, next spring is like tomorrow because yeah, elves that's live right. forever. That's so right. why? He's no on a, reason. He's on a, he's on a timetable. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just, just, yep. Tick tock. So just, Elrond, they go oh, from they got little dots. They're telling let's, us how far let's it is. Follow, let's follow them as they go. Here we go. All the way over. A nice Sunday stroll over to Khazad-dûm. And I feel like right by here again, we need the we need the Indiana Jones theme. Yeah, by Sunday stroll, uh, we need like, like two days travel. So yeah, at least so they walk for two days. Because just note, <laughs> gentle listeners, Celebrimbor has only one outfit. He's like the homeless man that camped outside my house in Pasadena, as a uh, California. As he has as only as one as outfit, as he so only walk, wears they... one thing all the time. And they walk all this way with no horses, no gear, no food. They just walk up. Right. And they're, I mean, and they're the lords of the elves. You'd think they'd have a retinue of some sort, perhaps a few warriors to go with them because they're going to the dwarves. They're not exactly like best of buds other, other than we're led to believe between uh, Elrond and Durin. But there's Which, no by reason. the way, is a reversal. Just like the Galadriel thing is a reversal, yes, yes, so yes. so we we were told at the beginning of these two episodes that Galadriel is the only one that doesn't trust and thinks Sauron's still around and and, and has the wisdom to, to distrust. And in fact, in the books, it's Elrond and Gilgalad that don't trust Anatar, Lord of Gifts, and and don't allow him to come into Lindon. Yeah. So so that's a reversal. And here we have a reversal. Celebrimbor was actually the friend to the dwarves, not Elrond. So anyway, here we are. Um, maybe fast travel, as my MMO um, buddies would say. Maybe they just click the fast travel button because they're wearing right. the exact same clothes. Uh, 
this is the one thing that I did like, right? Which is they do have the a, a mask of the dwarves, which are supposed to be fearful and what they would wear into battle to strike fear into the hearts of enemies. And I like that. And they, they actually designed them to help them against Dragonfire too. Actually. That's right. That's right. Yes. So the but they you know they, they actually threw that in there as something that we can actually appreciate as as those who I like that. And then it turns out that you know he has to invoke this made up right, which the name is Sigis. Uh, uh, anyway, it, it translates into Longbeards. It translates into the right of the Longbeard in in Kuzdal. It's one of the few. It is actually made up of two Kuzdal words. Um, and this is where where Elrond says, where Celebrimbor says, like, are you sure? He's like, Celebrimbor, you do your job. Me, as the architect politician, let me do mine. And so he's like, he walks in. So, so Celebrimbor's like, all right, I guess I walked for two days with like, no provisions like, in my same clothes. I'll turn around and look walk at that. back. <laughs> so he's like, all right, and uh, and I'm off. Okay, well. Good luck, Elrond, and you okay in there? You sure? And goodbye. <laughs> All right, I'm out. And as, and as we find out, he hasn't seen these dwarves for 20 years. So why yeah. is he acting like he's the expert? Like, oh, I know the dwarves. We hang out all the time. Like, As opposed to you, Calabrabra, who live right next to the dwarves. <laughs> I, here, here's the other thing. Let's talk a little bit about Khazad-dûm. Um, people are fawning. A lot of people are fawning over this about how wonderful this looks i am yeah. not honestly that impressed it feels i mean if you've played video games it feels like a video game to me yep, it feels like a good video, video game, game yep. location where yep. i mean i saw the lights turning i'm like oh tomb raider that, that was like uh, puzzles in tomb raider at one point where you had to switch the lights in the caves to the tombs to light up the things that move the gears that open the right well, uh, and, and i'm glad you stopped at this position because it, you're exactly right jonathan so this is designed by a video game uh, mind because in real life if there was actually a dwarven city, everything wouldn't be oriented so that as you walk through one, like it's all facing you, so you could see all these cool things. That's not the way real cities and developments yeah, work. Yeah, they have yeah. their own internal orientation built towards the way people live, not random, like so, so that when you walk on a ledge from far away, that everything becomes apparent to you. That's not the way cities yeah. are designed. Yeah. So it's just unrealistic. Oh, yeah, and design. I I feel like to me. Uh, the way the way Peter Jackson portrayed what we saw of Casa Doom with the huge cavern with the the immensely tall columns, that was more reminiscent of what I would think like a an a, a city inside a mountain would look like. Not yeah. where we're going to have uh, large water cascades and uh, shrubberies. I don't know that that whole idea that um, there is a lot of uh, green growth and things like that. I. Okay. It's not how I imagined it, but that's why I like my imagination better still. So we get to this this meaningless ritual of breaking rocks because that was the best thing they could come up with, which is breaking breaking rocks. That's how he's going to come here. And they go through the whole thing, right? Da, 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 da. We'll go through the whole thing. Boom. He, he keeps breaking rocks. Oh, my goodness. It's so important. And then at the end, right? And if he doesn't win, he's just going to give up and he's going to leave, right? He's never allowed back if he loses. Uh, and so he gives up and then like, it doesn't matter. So the whole ritual has no point. Yeah. It, he could have given but, up on the first try. Yeah. And got what he wanted. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, Oh, here, and here we're going to give you a new hammer. And then you give up at the new hammer. What's funny is I think this leads probably to the best scene in the first two episodes. And then he's like, well, can I at least see your wife? Can you at least introduce me? They go up there and they have the bro moment of, 
why didn't you come to my wedding and you weren't there for my kids? And like uh, the whole crying bit, I just found uh, unbelievable because they haven't established Elrond and Durin's relationship at all. We don't care yet. They haven't shown us that they fought together, perhaps. Uh, they went to um, Cub Scouts <laughs> together. Maybe they, uh, they they fell down a well and had to get out when they were younger together. You know, something like give us something that shows like they have some sort of bond, but we don't care at all about them. And Durin gets all emo on him and starts yeah. wailing about that. He, you weren't there for me. And I'm like, dude, if a guy ghosted me for 20 years, I wouldn't be crying about it anymore. By the way, it's not 20 years to you. Dwarves live 250 plus years. So what it actually is, the equivalent for us, since we're the audience, is seven years. So yeah. if you haven't yeah. seen a friend for seven years, and by the way, Elrond didn't even know that Durin was getting married, which means he didn't Durin send didn't him an invitation. Him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how is he supposed to know that he was yeah. getting married? Good point. And it yeah. was seven years. So it's a, that's the equivalent. And if I, there are plenty of friends I haven't seen for the last seven years. And when we get together, my my the, my conversation starter is, I shall never talk to you again. That's what I That's what I say. <laughs> Because that's how, or wait, oh, I don't do that because yeah. I'm yeah because I'm it's not like, emo. It's good to see you again. Mm. Yeah, the whole that whole bit it's it's forced. It, it's unnecessary because then again they they meet Disa, which this this scene here is the best scene. And it actually I was like with the little kids and the in the giant yeah. yeah giant helmets. I don't know what to call them. With the heads, he calls them. Yep. I thought that was that was a nice. It's a good touch because it actually brings us some realization that. Oh, there's a relationship. There's a family unit. You showed yep. me that there was some affection there. And when he goes running after them, right, that you showed me that he liked his kids. It made sense. And uh, they don't do that with the rest of it. This was a great example, like you were saying, Jonathan, of they showed us a family dynamic with the, a little bit with the kids and then with the wife and husband. It actually is believable. It worked. Um, and so because they showed us instead of just telling us, yeah. Um, you know, it worked. It was it was it was interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I found the dwarves to be the most likable characters so far in Middle Earth, which is sad. Yeah, this is what, this is what boys dwarves. would do. I, I do like that because like we're just going to take that is that is exactly what boys together. would do. I like yeah. that. Right. That was that was good. But then we do get into what uh, I this line. I don't, know, I don't know if this is uh, the worst line in the entire two episodes uh, where he gave him a tree. And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't think it would grow. Then why in the world would you give him a tree if you didn't think it would grow? What? What's the point of that? Like, he's like, wow, it's amazing. Like you really, you really like your friend, don't you? Here's a thing that'll fail. Huh? Watch, take this, and then it doesn't uh, fail. And then his reason for why it doesn't fail. Let's let's listen to this amazing interchange. I see you planted the sapling. Planted it. Raised it up, tends it like it's our third child. Like it's their third child. What sort Ooh. of tree is it exactly? A seedling. So of it's a great tree, tree in Linden. from Linden. The very the symbol tree. of our people's strength and vitality. Some called him a fool for believing it would grow in such darkness. <laughs> Where there is love, it is never truly dark. Where there is love, it is never truly dark. Like this is so, this is this so is what I wrote in my seventh grade. If you want grade. to grow a redwood inside of a cave, all you have to do is all don't worry about no love. sunlight because when where there's love, it's never truly dark. So just go there and love on the tree, and then that will provide the sunlight, and the tree will grow. Well, you know why a tree only grows up? That's because the roots only look. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
one. Can we come up with more of these phrases? Oh my gosh, yeah, it's uh the, the whole the whole line of that whole thing is just mm -hmm. so I don't know. Like it was nice to see some real actual like interchange like emotions that are beyond angst and anger because that's all we've really gotten so far from pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. So when you see a real family unit, like you were saying, that seems to it worked well together. That was their their best writing because again they were going back to what we said in episode one. They were showing us and not telling us that they love each other. Whereas right before in the scene when we had Elrond and <clears throat> Durin talking, they were just telling us everything that happened again. Right. They weren't That's showing right. us anything at all. So we get to this scene with Durin and his his father Durin. Perhaps you know we have Durin the Deathless. We could call him Durin the Emotional, maybe, or Durin, <laughs> Durin, Durin the, the Crybaby. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but they have this magic MacGuffin box now because they have to introduce another mystery <laughs> that they know of, but they just won't reveal to us because that's the easy way to write this it's here. A, it's just, just it's a mystery wrapped in, in an enigma. enigma. Right. And then it closes. It's like it, it's Krypton, um, Kryptonite. No, it's it's Mithril. I mean, it's going so like everybody knows what it is. Yeah. If you've read it at all. So um, interestingly, during his father, um, I guess this would be during the third and then he's during the fourth also ruining Tolkien. But anyway, um, he, his attitude towards uh, the elves and towards Elrond especially is um, more in line with the historical, you know, prior to this, you know, the, the animosity between elves and dwarves and suspicion, which yeah. is which, which was one of their defining characteristics. Yeah. And in the real Tolkien, it makes it even cooler because it turns out, spoiler alert, Sauron comes dressed as not Sauron and uh, and convinces Celebrimbor to make the rings and then the rings of power are made. Um and then Sauron goes to war to get the rings back. And okay. Yeah, I just I just realized this. Like like one thing is that okay. So let's let's maybe wrap this up in this 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 sort of thought. If this makes sense, I, I'm sorry to barge in, Michael, but I just no. Had this thought. So, I was just talking history, man. Yeah. So Celebrimbor says he doesn't want to make these trifles anymore, right? He wants to make something grand and big and something like that. And I realized it's not him who decides to make the rings, mm. right? It's Anatar. He's the right. one that encourages them. And it almost sounds like they're going into the direction of Celebrimbor's deciding to make the rings. Well, is so there is a way to there is a way to look at what we've heard from Celebrimbor so far. Because Celebrimbor hasn't said anything about rings. He's talked about a forge. That he wants to make a forge. A forge for to make something that will change. Hot as dragon fire and bright as starlight. So yeah. So so but he and he wants to make something of power. But I mean, so it is possible that they could they could craft it so that he builds the forge, and then Anatar comes in and says, "Here's yeah. what we need to do with this forge now that you have it." So, yeah. so I'm I'm I'll wait. I'll, I won't destroy it before they ruin that part too, like yeah. they ruined literally every but, single piece of Tolkien so far. The though the episode. rumor is we don't see any rings in the first at all, anything of rings in the Rings of Power in the first season. So there's that. Sorry, guys. So you've got you've got two episodes. You've got how? What's the total runtime so far? Like it's almost two full hours. Two full hours of of rings of power, and I don't care about any of these characters. That's right. And there's no story so far. It's all just. It's it's all just slight progression of weird of 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 characters moving around the map. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's 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 four disjointed subplots. It's like there's yeah. not there's nothing. 
Yeah. Nah. Yeah. They, what they should have done, which is they should have actually taken one character and spent a long time on that one character, establishing the character right. beyond them and then weaving the other ones in. And if we don't know enough about the other ones, we wouldn't care as much because we, we are, we are tied into at least this one. You're invested um, in something. And even, I think, I mean, um, I'm thinking, I'm, uh, Game of Thrones, the very first episode, right? We start with a, uh, Jay, I don't know if you guys have seen it and I've read the book. So Jamie Lannister drops Brandon out the window and, and uh, right, becomes a cripple. They find the wolves. The wolves are important. Like, all these things happen that are vital to the story. The people that visit um, their castle, now I can't remember it, uh, but the people that visit it are you know, the, the Lannisters and they come there, right? And they, they leave. And so you have the storylines converging right in the very beginning. And they've got mm -hmm. none of that here. Everything, like you yeah. said, Dan, is disjointed and you don't care about it because they haven't made anybody have any relationships that make you care. And they're, so. and they're relying on this idea that you already know that the rings of power are important. Mm -hmm. But if you're mm -hmm. just coming into this TV show and you're just watching this TV show, you know, Kelly Brimbor wants to make something great. That's all you found out in the first two hours. And they didn't even, they could have explained that Gilgalad wants Kelly Brimbor to make something great to fight against Sauron, but they didn't even go that direction. They could have mm -hmm. done something that would have made it worthwhile for him. But they just said, hey, Elrond, no, they couldn't go that direction, though, Jonathan, because then it wouldn't be just Galadriel that's the smart one. No, yeah. no, no, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they would be blowing the, the wind that would be stoking the wrong fire once again by doing that. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. All right. Well, guys, thank you for spending this late night. It is it is late. We are all, Dan and Michael are now three hours apart. So we're mm. trying to make this work, everybody. But we appreciate you sticking through this long, drawn out episode of the Rings of Power and uh, and us, us giving our opinions on it. Uh, what did you think? Did you like it? Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, put your comments below. We'd, we'd like to see where we're completely wrong because, you know, it happens sometimes, sometimes. Um, but yeah, are you, are you looking forward to learning about where Disa goes and where Bronwyn goes and where Galadriel goes and all these other strong, important women go? Uh, I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so put your comments below. And, and if you're interested, we would love your support. We've been doing this now for some months and it takes time and it takes energy and we really wanna get improve you know, our equipment and Michael's equipment and stuff. And so if you wanna support us, you can become a patron, go to theonering.com slash patron i'll put the the text in the link somewhere i don't know where youtube but they just throw it wherever uh yeah click on that you can support us at four dollars a month to get access to our discord channel uh that's completely private only when you uh become a, a patron do you get access to that we'll we'll be putting up a message board you can comment if you're a patron and uh you'll get an extended edition of the podcast once we get that going the next few weeks so we appreciate you thanks for your support thanks for watching and we will see you in episode three of the rings of Power. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so good. Michael, Dan, and Jonathan want to thank you, the listener, for joining us. Visit us at theonering.com, your source for everything Tolkien, where you can comment on this episode and join the conversation. This is Austin Robertson bidding you farewell. May the wind under your wings bear you where the sun sails and the moon walks.